This is Reimagining Healthcare, a podcast about innovation in the healthcare industry. It's a show for healthcare business owners, for healthcare professionals, for industry investors, and health tech entrepreneurs. On the show, I talk to health tech and healthcare innovators to uncover how they're reimagining and building a world of seamless digital healthcare experiences and how that fits into people's lives. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos. Today, I'm speaking with Alan Zaya, founder and CEO of Osteo Hustle. It's a business and marketing company run by a team of osteos to help other osteos achieve their own version of success. Alan shares his discovery of things osteos need support with when it comes to running and or growing a healthcare business. With an emphasis on digital first service delivery, Alan explains why Osteo Hustle was developed and the approach to community, to coaching, to CPD and marketing that all osteos can adopt to help build their own brands and achieve their own goals. With both a personal experience as a business owner and now as a community leader, coaching and supporting other osteos, Alan walks us through the typical approach of Osteo Hustle, what's in the community and members area, and the basics of marketing and so much more. Regardless as to whether you're an osteo or not, the wisdom of the Osteo Hustle methods can add value right across healthcare and health tech and take us closer to a world of digital health empowerment for all people. Let's jump in. Well, hey there, Alan. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good, Yanni. How's it going? I like to say every day is a good day and today is no exception, my friend. So really great to have you on the show. I've been looking forward to getting you on and finding out a little bit about your journey because you've got a very interesting story, Alan. You're coming from a position of having experienced what it's like to actually be an osteopath out in the field and now you're kind of transcending into actually helping other osteopaths with achieving some of their goals with the Osteo Hustle. It's a great name and unpack a lot with you today. And just as we get into finding out about the osteo hustle, perhaps in your own words, tell us about the journey, mate. What got you into osteo? And then inevitably, what got you into the osteo hustle? Firstly, thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoy these kind of setups, these kind of talks. I think that this is the most natural way to get into a deeper conversation with people about what they're good at. So I really enjoy these kind of things. And thank you again for having me on. Yeah, so I wish I had a really good hero arc story about how I got into osteopathy, but I don't. <laughs> my dad was ex-army in, in the UK when I finished or was about to finish my sports coaching college level degree when I was 17 turning 18. He said, you've basically got to make a decision now. You can either go to university and do something that you're actually going to use with that degree and it's going to be productive and you know, actually a useful degree that you can apply that gives you a trade or you can join the army. They're your two choices. And I seriously considered about the RAF. I was you know, going to have a look at that. But then, uh, you know, it's me, me being colorblind. I can't become a pilot. And so I decided to start having a look at some university degrees. And I also decided that I, I didn't really want to be shot at either too much. So uh, I decided <laughs> that I wanted to go into, into university, really. So my next door neighbor actually suggested to my mum about osteopathy. Um, she goes to see an osteopath before, all that sort of stuff. And I decided just to go two foot into it, really. I looked at it online it was i watched a couple of uh, youtube videos dug into the internet a little bit about it and really liked the idea of helping people with my hands that was always something that i was going to go into it was for me it was either osteopathy or carpentry those were the two choices for me and yeah so uh, i i ended up having a look at some open days at swans university and some other universities in the uk as well i uh, ended up going to swans university graduating in 2017 had a great time definitely my ceiling of of learning. I, I didn't want to go on and do a PhD or anything like that. That was definitely my ceiling of for education. And I felt like that's basically my journey with how I got into osteopathy. I absolutely love it as a profession. I think it's fantastic, um, as I'm sure a lot of osteopaths do. I graduated in 2017. I got interested in business very, very early. Actually, my third year of university where we, I was quite fortunate because with my studies, it was very much, we had a couple of modules and essays and exams based off of business and management and so that's where my interest started to to begin and then when I graduated I, I knew that I wanted to set up a business of my own almost straight away I, I've always been in that kind of mindset so I became a, an associate and I opened up my own clinic at the same time pretty much straight after graduating and had the realization that 
when I was sat in my own clinic and had a bit of a scattered diary, not not doing too good. And I had that kind of realization that I think a lot of osteopaths have where they've suddenly realized that it's actually up to them to grow their business, that the, the responsibility lies at their feet. And so I decided to basically try and get as much experience and as much knowledge into from other healthcare professionals as I could. So over two years, I ended up speaking to over 300 healthcare professionals who own their own business. And I basically just reached out and I said, you know, I'm looking for help and guidance and I would love to know your experience, what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what kind of wisdom or clinical pearls you can give me that will help me skip not only a, a steep clinical experience learning curve but a business and marketing one at that as well and so i i basically started to learn as much as i could not only from healthcare professionals but i took up as many books as i could as many audiobooks as i could i have horrific memories of like cycling in the rain that was my commute to work <laughs> but i'd always have my audiobook going on in the background so i felt like i was doing something that was worthwhile so yeah, I was basically obsessed myself with staying afloat, really, with running my own business. I was fortunate where my associate clinic was doing quite well. So I had a good amount of money to offset my clinic expenses whilst being able to live and pay rent and all these other necessities. So for me, it was a free roll of the dice running my own clinic. And I took everything that I learned. I basically used my own clinic as a guinea pig to see what worked for me and what didn't work for me. And from that, two years down the line after opening my clinic, my I was surprisingly nominated for a pretty significant award in the UK, the Institute of Osteopathy, which is kind of the equivalent of Osteopathy Australia kind of territory, where it was a peer-nominated award for practice of the year in 2019. I was in the final five for that, which was huge for me to get that kind of recognition from fellow osteopaths and peers alike you know to realize what was happening there and that was where they then said you know you've gone through this experience and I feel like you've got things to share and so that's where Osteo Hustle was born it was it's basically secondhand knowledge that I've got and through the experience that I've learned and splurging it out into Osteo Hustle into helping clinicians grow their own dream career basically with any way that I can help. Yeah, you know, what I find really interesting and intriguing is that you experience what it's like to have the problems of trying to operate a, a clinic. And uh, one of the things that you touched on there that I picked up on a bit earlier was kind of looking at your diary and kind of starting to realize the connection between what role you play, not just as a healthcare professional providing healthcare, but also in making yourself out in the public domain that you would then have to project yourself out into the community so that people who may need the healthcare services would actually be able to become aware of you as a starting point and then secondly be able to move towards you in some way in order to make an appointment and actually come in in order to receive the clinical support. How common is that amongst osteo community? Is that personal experience that you had, is that pretty consistent with everybody in your community at the moment and people that you're meeting in your travels? A lot of osteopaths and I'm sure that I pretty much exclusively speak to osteopaths, but I'm sure that this will reign true for a lot of healthcare professionals out there, no matter what your profession is. Just the idea of marketing seems to be a little bit of a negative connotation in the healthcare profession. It was difficult for me in the beginning to understand that marketing was actually just a really effective form of communication and outreach, an explanation of how you can help people with what you do and all this amazing knowledge that you've learned over the X amount of years that you were studying for. And one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was just don't be shy that you can actually help people with what you do and, you know, using your hands and your clinical skills and your knowledge, all the rest of it to be able to help people. And that once you overcome that kind of barrier that maybe you put on yourself, that will allow you to be able to go, hey, you know, I'm an osteopath, I'm a chiropractor, physio, X, Y, Z. This, I can actually help people and not to be shy about that and to say, OK, well, then what is the best way that I can make it the easiest way possible for people to be able to book in with me or to get in contact with me to find out more. And that's where the digital first side of things really came in because I was really fed up of answering my own phone calls, particularly really in the middle of the night, people do experience horrific back pain, neck pain, whatever it is, that's a sudden onset during the night. And they'd ring up looking to book an appointment or whatever that looks like for them. And th there I am at three in the morning answering a phone call with the horrific 
phone light in my eyes trying to book in on my online booking system. So that's where like online booking came in. That's where additional receptionists became really helpful. And that those specific marketing methods, the online booking, the virtual receptionist, that seems to be a, God, I wish I had this sooner. That to me, and it just takes so much weight off of your shoulders. And it's a really effective start with marketing. I mean, obviously there's so much more to come, but that's a really great solution to a very common problem. Obviously it makes a lot of sense, but I think what you're touching on here is that kind of pre and post sentiment before you have that revelation, before you get led across that line, so to speak, where prior to that, you're not aware of it, perhaps you're resistant to it. You're thinking about the idea of marketing as being something that's not healthcare or perhaps is uh, has some negative connotations around it. And, you know, let's be honest, there are some companies who really make marketing and advertising justifiable criticism in terms of how they use that to manipulate, I guess, cohorts of customer populations. But that is a very small percentage of, I think, how marketing can be misused. But I think generally speaking, you really summed it up there that you've got to be able to communicate and communication is the key. But there's one thing to kind of communicate about anything. And then there's another thing altogether to be communicating specifically about who you are, what you do, how you add value to a particular type of person that you think you're a good fit for. And that kind of brings yeah. us back to, I guess, the the notions that you're talking about there as well. You used a term there as well, which I love hearing about. I actually, I'm a big evangelist for it as well. And that's digital first healthcare service design. Now, you didn't quite put it in the full context, but for me, I think the pathway towards modernizing healthcare and, and reimagining healthcare is built around that thesis. How can we yeah. create a digital first healthcare experience? It's an important term, the, the word first, not only, not exclusively, but first, because we're not advocating or suggesting that we break the relationship somehow of the in-person healthcare service delivery model, but it's more about how digital fills in the gaps between the appointments and allows for a much better overall patient experience as well as for a better health professional experience. I mean, you were just touching on waking up at three o'clock in the morning trying to take a booking, so that wouldn't have been a great experience for you as a healthcare professional might have been a, actually over-servicing your client, <laughs> I would say, if you're, yeah. if you're taking appointments at three in the morning. But let's talk about that because you've used that term. Tell me about your definition of digital first and how that's kind of built into what is now known as the uh, osteo-hustle community. And perhaps we can open up what is osteo-hustle. Yeah, I'd love to speak about digital first um, healthcare models because for the majority of the, as you can imagine, um, and for those who have seen the Osteo Hustle brand, you can see how we are a young team of under 40-year-olds and we really do appeal to the under 40-year-olds, those who appeal to that hustle, that grind, that sort of thing. But beside the point, we speak to quite a lot of associates who are thinking about doing their own thing or students who want to then, as soon as they graduate, jump into doing their own thing or just people who are really early on in their clinical development in terms of starting their own clinic, maybe in the first five to seven years or so. And so digital first for OsteoHustle is extremely important. We have a five-step program called the Marketing Roadmap, and numerous of those stages are digital first. The aim of the Marketing Roadmap is to follow a five-step process that will eventually get you to be treating over 30 patients a week. And that is a real milestone for a lot of early practitioners to be able to treat 30 a week. Obviously, it depends on how many days a week you're treating, but that seems to be the milestone for a lot of beginner practitioners, that 30 patients a week. And so the five-step method is basically we look at your branding, then we have a look at your website, then we have a look at your Google My Business, Google Ads, and then we finalize with an optional step of social media. If that's something you're into, we can have a look at that. Or we will plug a different method in depending on what your strengths are as a person, as a character, as a as a personality. And as you as I'm sure you've already identified, the majority of those steps are digital first. And this is because what we want to do is we want to be able to take the weight off of having to feel like you have to convince people that you are the right person to fix their problem. And what that step allows you to do is it basically allows for the marketing side of things to be done for you. And because it's digital, it's completely unlimited in its capacity. And so once we have these five steps in place, that then means that you only really have to return back to them maybe for half an hour or an hour 
a, a month to just make sure things are ticking by, make any tweaks to the numbers, particularly with the Google Ads side of things, you know, tweak some of those biddings that, you know, that amount of dollar per bid that you're willing to spend per month, these kind of small adjustments. But the digital first side of that means that you can confidently rely on these marketing methods to explain to people who you are, how you can help, and in what capacity you do that, and connect with those people using your website, grabbing them through Google Ads, getting into Google Maps using Google My Business, and then social media if you're so inclined to go down that route. And that will end up tipping you over that 30 patients a week. And so by having that in place and not having to go back to it so often, you can then start to really focus on the maybe other digital first methods that you might want to focus on, but also, and as you alluded to a moment ago, Yadi, it's not just, you know, digital only, it's digital first. And, you know, then you can have a look at improving your patient experience when they're actually in the clinic. Because then once you start to get that flow of patients automatically who find your advert through Google ads, maybe your Google My Business, they land on your website, they understand who you are, what you do and how you can help. They find the online booking, which is super simple. So you don't have to end up like me waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning, taking a book in, which would probably be a bad experience for them because I'm going to be drowsy as all heck. So uh, probably an online booking was going to be much easier for them. If anything, that probably said a lot about my website, that it was easier for them to call me in the middle of the night than it was for them to online book. That's probably on me. Um, but then once you have these systems in place, you can then start to focus on how you can get more well-known in your community, how you can connect with local businesses, how you can improve your waiting area to improve the patient experience, how you can improve the resources that you can give to patients to help them overcome the problem that they're having. And so for us, uh, OsteoHustle Digital First is actually quite literal because we really focus on establishing that five-step marketing roadmap method to make sure then that you have that stream of patients coming in and then you can start to free up quite a lot of your time knowing that that's in place to then focus on other things that probably you want to take more time and consideration doing absolutely it all comes down to the experience that's being created the customer experience and kind of lowering the barriers for making it easier really for somebody to be able to find you because when they're on the other side of a google browser and they're chucking in keywords and something's happening the person's coming from a point of motivation. They're actually motivated to seek out somebody who can support them with their with how they perceive their own healthcare issue at that point in time. If you're not in their field of information or not in their field of vision, they just simply won't see you. And so it's really important to put yourself out there and, and Google's got tremendous, tremendous sophistication for targeting within a local region so yeah. that you can really make it very narrow, very broad. You can be very budget conscious in how you target, you know, the resources. So it's almost uh, a must have, I think, for um, the majority of businesses these days. And, uh, but there's an art to it, isn't there? That's not just, hey, let's just chuck up a website and yeah. let's hope for the best or Google will take care of it magically. No, Google is a business that is seeking profits. It has its own motivations on how it wants to maximize its opportunity to add value yep. to you as a customer. And if you don't know that, and if you don't know how Google thinks and how it works, then you're really kind of just hoping for the best and it's not very precise and you're not going to get the results that you're looking for. So tell us a little bit more, I guess, from your point of view, Alan, on your experience around the tools. Well, I just want to quickly dive into a side concept that I think is really important is that a lot of healthcare professionals view word of mouth as marketing and it definitely is but it doesn't give you that sense of reliability and predictability in the earlier days when you're just getting started. When I first graduated, and these are certainly wise words, but you have to take them with a pinch of salt. It was uh, be patient for patients. Now, I'm not a very patient kind of guy. I was very much like, well, being patient from a bit of a negative point of view, uh, a bit of a negative mindset, maybe being patient for patients isn't going to pay my rent at the end of the month that's coming, whether I like it or not. And so there's definitely strengths to be recognized within word of mouth. But for me to allow word of mouth to do its thing, you're missing out on an opportunity. 
where you can actually then set in methods to be able to drive that word of mouth, make it work for you, you know, because you don't know when its powers are going to come into effect. You don't know when someone is speaking to a friend or a colleague or a family member about you and that they should definitely go and see you about their pain, whatever it might be looking like for them. Uh, but if you have marketing in place and ethical marketing, I must stress, by the way, this is what we're all about here at Austria Hustle. It's easy, effective, ethical marketing. When you have ethical marketing put in place, you can not only feel good about helping more people, but you can feel good knowing that you've actually helped them and got their attention and their trust in an ethical way. So I just wanted to put that as a little side concept out there. And one of the ways that you can drive that word of mouth for yourself is having some of these digital first components out there. And if you're a little bit conservative or maybe you're just a little bit hesitant, or maybe you simply, much like me when I first started out, didn't have that much of a budget to be able to put into marketing. And maybe you couldn't afford any level of marketing, whether that be $100 a month, you know, as little as. Google My Business is the most powerful free tool that you have in terms of getting connected with patients who are specifically looking for an osteopath in the local area. So I'll explain a little bit more about that. So without Google My Business, you cannot show on Google Maps. And that is really important to keep in mind because, uh, Yana, you spoke a moment ago about keywords. Well, one of those keywords that a lot of people put in is insert healthcare practitioner brackets near me. So osteopath near me, chiropractor near me, physio, podiatrist, whatever, near me. Google is so smart, probably too smart for us to feel comfortable with, that it understands that person is looking for a particular service that is in their geographical location or nearabouts. And so what it'll do is it intelligently shows the user, the searcher, a Google map because it understands that it's looking for that geographical related search. And so the only way to get on that is if you're on Google My Business. And again, it's completely free. It's free forever. There's no paid advertisements. I mean, you can pay to get your thing at the top of Google, which is a completely different mechanism. But the point being is that if you optimize your Google My Business profile and you are near to the vicinity of that person, you are going to show up a heck of a lot more often in those high rankings than what other practitioners are, other clinic owners in that area. And so for us, it's just really important to understand that you can have an excellent balance between organic growth, ways to be able to grow completely for free, but then you want to really reinforce that with some paid stuff. So maybe you want to go into social media marketing in terms of some of the adverts. Maybe you want to jump into Google ads and you want to put in our recommendation of $200 per campaign per month into that system to really double down on being found on Google, which is an excellent way of ensuring that click onto your website. But again, like you said before, you know, there's an art to it. There's a way that you phrase your advert. There's a way that you can portray yourself on your website and all across your other marketing methods, which is where branding comes in to give you that voice, give you that identity, give you that understanding of, okay, how is it that my brand voice communicates with the people who I want to bring into my circles? Very, very important to think about depending on the type of person who you're trying to attract with that advert or with that form of marketing. But I can really blow anyone's ears off with this sort of stuff oh, no, for it's ages. Like I, I love talking about brand and I love talking about customer experience design. So, And there's, there's so much to talk about in this. It's not just advertising, but it's really creating a seamless pathway for people to be able to find what they want when they want it and then build that relationship with them. So I think to your point earlier around the word of mouth, I think as a secondary strategy, that makes a lot of sense. But if you're taking control over your destiny by being able to create this sort of like artificial entity that's just sitting there communicating to interested parties all day, every day, it's your web strategy, it's your digital marketing strategy, it's tireless, it doesn't eat, it doesn't sleep, it's just out there doing this thing all the time. In a way, it's almost a delegation. So if you don't like selling or if you don't like communicating or you don't like that kind of, that sense of trying to sell the appointment because some people might perceive that, you're kind of delegating it to a system, a system that is automated or semi-automated at least and it has a very specific high-quality journey that a prospective client or patient goes on each and every time 
and it just does its thing all day, every day. And then the human beings interact and they go through the clinical care and the support and all that other good stuff that comes out of the in-person interaction. But having all those touch points in place really is probably one of the most scalable ways to, to operate a modern healthcare business. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I've always um, given the analogy of back in the day, or even still happens today, you know, companies would hire door to door salespeople to knock on people's doors and see if they wanted to buy your Sky TV box or whatever product they were trying to sell. Having these digital first marketing methods in place that are influenced by your branding. So those marketing methods being your Google ads, your Google My Business, your social media, and a lot of other things as well, you know, even your online booking and your website and how that portrays itself. What that is, is actually instead of having to cold call people, when people are looking for you, your marketing system and these things that work on behalf of you all day, all night, they're the one who answer the call. They're the one who answer the door and goes, oh, you know, yeah, you're definitely a good fit for us. You should come and have a look, you know, and that is inviting them into the website. And then if they like the look of the website and they connect with the words that you're that you've put onto your website and the imagery that you've put on there and the the persona that you've put on there, if they connect with that, they're going to trust you. I think we have to understand that we have to ensure that people trust us and think about it on a much deeper level because it's not just trust us with their money, it's trusting us with their health. And that is something that is rife in all the medical fields. You know, there's that statistic of like men don't go to the doctors, right? Luckily that, that's changing now, but you have to be able to allow people to trust you with what you do. And you can do that through all these ways of explaining on your website, on your social media, making it really easy for them to be able to continue down the pathway of understanding who you are, how you can help and what you do and then making the final step of taking action of booking online nice and straightforward for them, making it a seamless experience, and then continuing that seamless experience when they open the door to your clinic and they enter your waiting room or your corridor and then they go into your treatment room, they experience that treatment, they obviously have a great time, a great experience. And then what happens after that? How do you re-communicate with them to continue that experience? So a lot of these steps that you might want to integrate into your clinic can be fulfilled by automated marketing systems that push that button for you, that first domino to trigger that effect. It can be done for you rather than you having to tirelessly keep triggering that yourself. And to me, that is a bit of a no-brainer in my opinion because it saves you so much time, energy. These digital marketing systems will be the cheapest salesperson you will ever hire and the best thing you'll ever do. That's a really good point. I was, I was just about to make it myself. I think, you know, when you compare that kind of analogy of having a salesperson in place to try and make appointments, for example, versus the almost chalk and cheese cost differential between having tools and automations in place, it is a no-brainer. It's absolutely a no-brainer. And what happens beyond that also is we are in a wonderful time, I guess, in the health tech arena in that whilst Google is pervasive and global, it's everywhere and every consumer is interacting with in part or a lot, connecting then those digital touch points into the clinical experience. There's a couple of other layers here. You've already touched on one, which is the the physical experience. So coming into a reception yeah. and there are systems that are presumably you're supporting as far as being able to train the interactions between reception staff and, you know, kind of the processes of uh, designing those touch points within the actual physical environment of the clinic. But there are also clinical information systems as well and the way that they interoperate with the likes of Google and other types of booking capabilities that support all of those digital touch points. So Osteo Hustle, are you helping uh, clients go through that whole end-to-end kind of setup marketing, concentrate? You, you talked about some of the uh, five key things that you look at, but then are you going into the cultural training, into supporting team members do you do some of that you know is that sort of a cpd thing is there an academy behind the scenes somewhere how does that work we hone almost everything into the branding side of things and that even goes on the cultural level you know when if you've ever done a branding workshop or a class or anything like that one of the first things they'll go through is they'll say what are your values what do you believe in in yourself and what that allows you to do is it allows you to actually write down all the things that makes you 
you and gives you that identity, then you have a better, much better understanding, not only of how you want your patient to interpret you, but it also allows you to have a nice framework for people who might want to come and work for you. So then if you value compassion, empathy, and um, simplicity in education, then when it comes then into hiring an associate, you're looking for those qualities in that associate so that then they, it's easier for them to buy into the culture of what it is that you do because the owner of the clinic will have a vision of what they want the clinic to look like. They have this idea of what it is they want it to look like, how they want it to feel, and they have that. But a lot of the time, it's not written down. It's not physical. You know, they don't have that. And so to have a brand and, and what we produce with our branding course is a brand strategy guide that you can print off and have this workbook that actually lays out how your brand should look, feel, and sound, not only to your patients, but to your staff and to anybody who is interacting with your clinic. But in Osteohustle, you know, we make that the initial marketing roadmap, that five-step process to treating 30 patients a week. This is a mix of courses and services that we offer. So the branding, the Google My Business, the Google Ads, and the social media are all course-based so that you can smash through it as fast as you want, or you can simply take your time with it just in case life gets in the way for whatever reason, as it does for a lot of us. The only service that's in there is our websites for osteopaths. OsteoHustle are a team of osteopaths, very specific here. And we, we're osteopaths with these marketing skills. And so what we do is we build websites for osteopaths by osteopaths so that we understand exactly how that person wants to communicate. Anybody who gets a website done by us has to go through the branding process because it makes not only our life easier, but yours as well, because then you can communicate to us really easily how you want your website to sound, look, and feel. And at the end of that process, you will have a really nice, strong foundation of marketing. And then once we've actually gone into that process and we've finalized it and you feel confident with that and it's running and it's doing its thing in the background and we've taught you how to monitor it so that you can understand what things are working, what things aren't working, we can then start to dive deeper into the cultural side of things of your clinic. We can start to look into the locality of your marketing. So we're moving a little bit away from digital first here. We're moving into local marketing, you know, connecting with local businesses that you can help benefit each other, how to approach developing those relationships and also developing the perfect patient experience. And so what we do is we provide these courses for the things that can be turned into courses and then we back that up with things that can't be turned into courses through coaching so we provide one-to-one -one what we call clinic turnarounds so we work with you quite intensely for two to three months where you have a particular goal in mind and then we will plan with you to reach that goal and how you want to do it we will give you the tools and resources that you need to be able to reach that goal and then that gives you the level of accountability that you're looking for to be able to then achieve that goal alongside with professionals who have been there, done that with so many other clinics around the world. And back that up with the courses gives you the ability to refresh your memory on certain things because obviously we forget things or we just want to be able to refine our knowledge and refine our skills in that sector. And then once all of this is built so that once you reach the next kind of financial threshold, you can then start to outsource and you can start to buy back your time while still growing your clinic. And then if you're then looking for support as you continue to grow, then you have the security of these three-month intensive brainstorms that we can go through to help you reach a specific target, a specific goal. And so that's pretty much how we work. We have a collection of courses, services, and coaching to be able to reach whatever it is you're looking to reach. There's one final thing I want to touch on here is that I've mentioned, you know, we've spoken quite a lot about clinic owners, but we recently changed our mentality here because we get so many osteopaths whose aim isn't just to grow their clinic. It might be to take back control of their clinic. It might be to sell their clinic. And so instead of to, you know, we plan, build, and grow your osteopathic clinic, we actually changed it to plan, build and grow your dream career because it is about getting that ideal work-life balance that's right for you. And so if you're interested in that, then obviously we can definitely help you.
because we have the collection of courses, services, and coaching in mind to be able to adapt to whatever it is you're looking for. But digital first side of things is, in our opinion, to run a modern, effective, scalable practice, no matter what your ambitions are, digitizing these systems is an absolute must-have. There's not really a better alternative. I would 100% agree. And we see that, obviously, and across our network at uh, Core Plus, and we also evangelize the same type of ideas. So it's great to be able to have parties like Osteo Hustle to be able to refer to when it comes to the coaching and the support. You also have some CPD content as well. So there's a lot of value in the community. And I, I think that's probably an aspect that I'd love you to talk a little bit more about because you've generated quite a large community since establishing Osteo Hustle. And whilst you're based in Australia, you also have a community across some uh, regions as well. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your idea around the community? Why is the community important? What's the vision for it? It's actually really selfish. So with the community, when I first graduated, I was looking for a safe space to learn and to ask what seemed to be the silly questions to people who have had so much more experience than me. And so what we do is we, we acknowledge that not everybody wants to be on Facebook. We also have an, a CPD, a free CPD platform on our website. So if you go to osteohustle.com, you can create your free account and we have plenty of uh, interviews just like this with amazing people just like Yanni who come on to what we call the share what you know show it's very straightforward they come on they share what they know with the people who are willing to learn and that's all completely free and th the reason why I say it's selfish is because it fulfills something that I never believed I had when I went before Austria Hustle existed I wanted to fill that gap for people who again very selfishly might have felt the exact same as I did to be able to ask those questions without feeling like they're going to be I think bullied is a strong word but to be maybe not receive the replies that are not necessarily helpful or constructive and so what we have is we do have the online free cpd platform on osteohustle.com you can go and get started with that but if you have facebook i would highly encourage that you search out the osteopathy marketing university it's a platform of about 1300 osteopaths where you can come and learn anything about business and marketing from the very most basic level to really high level strategy stuff. You know, we have plenty of amazing osteopaths in that group who are just so, I think generous just isn't a strong enough word to describe how much they share on this platform to people who ask the question. And we do have very strict rules in, in place, and this is to protect the integrity and the safety of the group. We have a three strikes and you're out rule. You know, if you if you are if you give an opinion that is either negative and not backed up with a constructive criticism, or you know, oh, I don't like this method, but I had really good success with this method. Why don't you try this? That's totally acceptable. But if you come on and you slander a person or you give just a, not a great opinion about something, then Sounds horrible, but words are going to be had. It's for the many, not just for the few. It's to protect the integrity of the group. And because we've installed that right from the get-go, from member number one to member number 1,300, it has been, you feel free to disagree with the person, but we've got this rule where it's respect is mandatory and debate is encouraged. You're allowed to give your opinion, but it's got to be presented in the right way. Whether that prevents some people from commenting then creates a really excellent cluster of people who are incredibly supportive and are actually very generous with their time as well to be able to help people in whatever it is that they're struggling with. And that allows me to replicate what happened to me when I first graduated, when I reached out to all these people and was astounded by the generosity of the feedback that they gave to me and the help they gave to me. So I just wanted to take that and stick it into a Facebook group, really. And so the online free CPD is there. The community is there. The Osteopathy Marketing University on Facebook. We've got the free CPD account on the website where we've got the Share What You Know show. All the episodes are completely free to have a look on there. We've got downloadable resources. We've got video tutorials about business and marketing. We've got a newsletter called The Hustle, where it's meant to be super sharp, quick pieces of information 
that you can immediately bin once you've read it. It's a business and marketing advice specifically for osteopaths in 30 words or less so that you can read it, absorb the information, maybe think about it for the day, then you can trash it or you can archive it or whatever you want to do with it. We have an archive of The Hustle in our free CPD platforms. You can go read those. And I just feel like it's really hard to put into words just how many selfish things I'm trying to do with this just to fill in that the things that I wish I had. That's all I'm trying to do here is pass on the most amazing people to the people who are looking for amazing help. I think it's great that you offer your perspective on it. I think what I'd add to the idea of community is that I actually think in terms of brand building, it's a great strategic initiative for all health professionals to learn the art of building communities or potentially cooperating with partners such as yourselves on joining communities and being part of it. As the digital world has kind of expanded over the um, the last couple of decades, we went from very static, two-dimensional kind of information sources being these, you know, really simple web pages. They're basically just digital pages online. Billboards. Yeah, things of that nature to now having that connection. And I think there's, there's great opportunity for for brand. I suppose if you think about the way I look at brand is that on the one hand, it is the sum total of every experience that anybody has with you, right? And that sounds like a lot to keep under control. And it is a moving target. You're evolving that over time. But there's certainly some things such as the digital touch points that we've described in this discussion where you can have a very high quality control over what that actually looks like as compared to perhaps somebody doesn't like you know my hairstyle or you know my tone of voice things like that where um, perhaps that's harder to you know to deal with but certainly as far as creating a service experience a quality service experience you can do it with digital tools you can do it for purpose because you have a, a vision and a dream and a strategy in terms of where you want to go but we're all also I think we're in need of connection with each other I think part of brand moving beyond brand is developing kind of a product experience and understanding that and it's we can do that on our own but it takes a long time to learn everything you need to know so when you join a community and when you're part of a community you not only connect together but you're also learning together and so it's not just domain of one person who possesses all the knowledge but the actual group has a collective of knowledge and the group is an incredibly rich field of information and knowledge and wisdom and experience that each of us can probably attain some of that as long as you work long enough, 10 years, 20 years doing something, and then eventually you might master it. But why not actually get access to that today and really accelerate the infusion of that collective wisdom, that collective knowledge the things that have been tried, the things that you think are unique in your head. Because a lot of, I think a lot of startup people fall into this trap. You kind of think that you're the smartest person in the room, so to speak, and you've got all, all the thinking and all the answers. But I'm telling you <laughs> now, anyone listening, that it's a very, very rare occasion that you might have a unique thought that nobody's ever thought of before in the current circumstances that you're in. And when we talk about health professions, you know, we've got persona that is you know there are many people who play that role having that community and connecting together learning together is a really valuable part of it as well so I kind of wanted to bring that out of that whole community strategy because I think it's somewhat understated in your I guess your value proposition because you know there's when people look at joining coaching and getting access to education and tools I think we've got to bring out that community piece as well and I love the fact that you're very niche with the osteopathy community as well. And I might just add one thing um, before I ask you your thoughts on on those comments. Above connecting together and learning together, I think there's also trading together. Now, I'm not sure whether that's the right term for healthcare, but communities that actually cooperate do really, really well. And I see a massive opportunity in healthcare to do the alliances or the cooperative type models so that so many things can be overcome. For example, there may be a particular healthcare issue that is emerging statistically, and there's a need to educate the community about it and to demonstrate how, in this case, how osteopaths can support that particular issue. Now, typically what the health professions tend to wait for is a government or a peak body to take the lead on actually then educating and putting content out there 
there's a real lag sometimes between those initiatives actually making their way into the public domain, whereas at a grassroots level, you know, the community is already seeing the statistics in action, already feeling the emerging issue, and multiple practices or clinics can actually put a little bit of resource each into then building a marketing campaign that is more generic to highlight that particular health issue, to highlight the importance of osteopathy, and actually then help the community, you know, in this case the Australian community, understand a little bit more about that issue and come towards the osteopathy community and engage in order to get support. What are your thoughts on that kind of idea of trading or developing alliances, cooperating around things that perhaps are a little bit more than just the clinic's objectives? If you want to get anywhere, you go forward together. If you can find people who align with what you believe in, then just create a relationship with that person. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got, because I set my practice in a in the Welsh capital uh, called Cardiff, a uh, population of about 350,000 people. Now, it's one of the most densely populated cities in the UK in terms of healthcare professionals. So we're talking osteopaths who train an hour and a half drive down the road in Swansea. A lot of them will come to Cardiff, including myself. North of Cardiff, there's the chiropractic institution. So naturally, quite a lot of them are going to come there. And then you've got other courses that are done within Cardiff as well. You've got uh, sports massage, physio, you know, so it's, it's a very densely populated city in terms of healthcare professionals. And so one of the most helpful pieces of advice that I ever got was to treat your street like a miniature village. And so for me, who was on one of the primary high streets of Cardiff, it helped me to really condense my thinking of who I want to try and approach. And we're not talking about patients here. You can do, but here I just want to highlight working with other healthcare professionals where if you find someone, whether it be they're a gym owner, like what I had, or if there's another osteopath down the road, another chiropractor, physio, X, Y, Z, if you reach out to them, just give them a phone call and just say to them, look, we're in this together. Would you be interested in finding out how we can benefit each other? Get a coffee with them, speak to them nine times out of 10. You're going to have a great conversation that's going to lead somewhere where you can help each other together. And that is the grassroots growth principle that we really believe in here at OsteoHustle. We believe that every healthcare professional has the ability to create their own miniature shockwave around wherever it is that they work that will make the people within that radius aware of who you are, what you do, and how you can help. And so by treating your street as a miniature village, a mini community, you can really double down on the awareness of you and what you do. If you can double down by installing the digital first approach, by making the online experience amazing, if you install your, if you get an amazing website, if you go for Google My Business, pair that with really amazing Google ads. You can do social media if you want to, but if you have those three things there, that's incredible. That will run in the background for you. But then if you then focus on getting well-known in your community physically, you're going to have some a serious shockwave effect in your local area. In terms of that community, you can develop that online and offline. I want to give a bit of encouragement here as well. Because I was so present in my clinic physically, it was very hard for me to arrange physical meetings with people. And... I suppose one of the few positives to come out of COVID is the increased kind of comfortability of online meetings like what we're having. If you wanted to reach slightly further, you can. Or if you need to wedge it into that 15 minutes that you have in between patients, you can. And so I absolutely encourage people to work together. It's so much easier and you will be challenged on your current thought processes and your beliefs which will strengthen you moving forward, even if you don't like it to begin with. It really, really will. And if you can do that, you're going to feel a lot happier with where you're going, trying to achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Yeah, I think that's um, sage advice. That's terrific, Alan. So I guess the last word then would be, what's your vision for Osteo Hustle? If uh, you get things your way, what's the world going to look like in five to 10 years' time? So the vision is basically to help as many osteopaths feel 
like they can deploy a effective and ethical marketing strategy that aligns with whatever goal they're trying to achieve. If we can have the answers to almost as many problems as possible, that to me is amazing. I mean, in terms of five to 10 years time, I really want to give people the confidence to market themselves. That's what it really comes down to. It's about giving people the tools, the resources to achieve whatever it is they want to achieve. One of the things that we're really trying to push for is to continue to develop and grow that community of osteopaths that are in the Osteopathy Marketing University and to become a beacon for osteopaths to refer to whenever they need help. If they're struggling, kind of um, sinking in business or if they're only surviving and they feel like the business books that they might be reading or the marketing material that they're getting from other experts that aren't in the healthcare profession isn't making sense to them. Or if they simply just want to skip the really steep learning curve and have access to those tools and resources now, then they can do. I've always said that 90% of the stuff that we teach is completely free. 10% of it is just the production side of things of compartmentalizing everything into either a course or a service that you can gain access to straight away. So in terms of the 10 years, I just want osteopaths to feel like they have a reliable place to go for help. A bit like a a trusted friend, I suppose, to ask advice to when instead of just asking the osteopath down the road or the chiropractor down the road or whoever works for them, they can call upon an incredible community of decades of wisdom to help them out with whatever it is they want to do. Because I was speaking to uh, my father-in-law about this, you know, he said, you know, what's the end goal here really? And I said, well, for me, you know, if I can create this amazing community, that's great because being an osteopath gives you an incredibly comfortable mattress to fall back on if it doesn't quite work out the way that you want it to. And that's why I've decided to go down into this community route where if anything, at least I've created this and this is really cool. And then I can just go off and the plan is in five years time to move back to the UK and create my own clinic again and document the experience, which would be amazing. So I've created a really cool thing, which might sound a bit silly, but it's just nice. I think it's a noble aspiration because you're coming from the lived experience to now helping others. And I can really feel that energy and drive within you as well. And you're doing a great job with Osteo Hustle. Obviously, we're um, uh, supporters of the community strategy that you've got going on there as well. And I note in one of your T-shirts, you asked the question whether your mother can pronounce the word osteopath. Can she? Yeah. Has that been achieved? No. Still going? So that could be part of the five to 10-year plan. It's We want not just your mum, but all mums to be able to pronounce the word osteopath and really elevate the term. Thank you, Alan. I really appreciate you taking the time today to come in and share the Osteo Hustle story. And I look forward to seeing progress as the journey unfolds. Thank you. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Health Tech X, where we are working toward a world of integrated digital health empowerment for all people. If you'd like more info on how to get involved, head over to the website, healthtechx.com.au. Or if you have any feedback about the show, You can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Instagram, or email by following the links in this episode's show notes. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to Reimagining Healthcare in your podcast app. And if you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos, and I'll speak to you in our next episode.